Hey, welcome to Cross Creek On Demand. We are so glad you are here. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor. We created Cross Creek to be a church for people who don't normally go to church. And so we've designed our Sunday environment, including our online environment, to be a safe place where people can discover God's love for them. We would love to connect with you when you are ready. Go ahead and scroll down and you can click ask a question, ask for prayer. Maybe you could find out how you could get here on a Sunday evening to join us live. But we would love just to be a part of your journey in discovering God's love. When you're ready, we would love to see you in person. Until then, why don't you go ahead and click subscribe so you can be updated on Cross Creek's most recent messages. Thanks for joining us. Hey again, welcome to Cross Creek. My name's John. Thanks for being here. Thank you for watching online. We're so glad that you are watching. And uh, at Cross Creek, we want to be a place where you can ask questions, you can explore, you can, you can even doubt and have somebody kind of walk with you in that. And the way we can do that together is actually these Connect cards. On the back of this card, you can write any question you have about anything I say tonight, anything, any question you have about the Bible, about Jesus, about God, anything like that. And then make sure you put your name and your email address on it, and we will continue that conversation with you this week. We will try to get back to you with some thoughts, some ideas, maybe have you thought of this type of thing. Um, but that's what we want to do here. We want to connect with you. We want to walk with you in maybe some questions that you have. So that's what those cards are about. And so maybe you guessed we are in a marriage series, and we're calling this series How to Ruin Your Marriage. Because, you know, it's, I, I think it's probably harder to teach something about like, how to have the perfect marriage because those don't exist, but it's pretty easy to ruin your marriage, and I can talk on that. So that's why we're doing this. And um, we are in part three of a four-part series, and I just want you to know if you are, you know, you're not married for whatever reason, maybe you're too young, maybe, you know, you just never, just never wanted to get married, maybe you were married, maybe you're not now. This, I think this series can still apply to you. I think it applies to every relationship, the things that we are going to talk about in here and ways that you can make any relationship you have better. And um, I know, and maybe you're watching online, but I, at least for some people here, I'm guessing it's Mother's Day, right? I'm not guessing it's Mother's Day. I know it's Mother's Day, but I'm guessing you might be here because it's Mother's Day. And maybe it wasn't your choice. You were super excited, you know, to watch the Blazer game. And then your mom or your wife's like, hey, it's Mother's Day. Let's go to church. You're like, oh, geez, are you kidding me? And then you get to church, and they're talking about marriage. We didn't do it on purpose, I promise. It just happened that way. And you're going to be safe. You're going to be okay. Because you know what? I've got two rules for this series. And I, th I think these rules will kind of make you feel a little bit safer. So rule number one for this How to Ruin Your Marriage series, no nudging. We've talked about this. No, like, hey, did you hear that? He's talking about you. You always do that. No nudging. Okay, now if it's to keep somebody awake, that's what we allow that. Okay, I'll, I'll do my best to keep them awake if you do your best to keep them awake. Sound good? Okay, now rule number two is no saying I wish so-and-so could have heard this. Because it's so easy in these types of messages where we, we talk about, you know, how to make relationships better. You immediately think of a friend of yours or a relative of yours who's having trouble in a relationship. And you're like, oh, I wish they could. No, they're not here. You're here. What are you going to do with what we're going to talk about tonight? So that's, that's the two rules. No nudging and no saying, I wish so-and-so were here. Now, one of the reasons we're doing this series is because in 
If you're married, you know this. I mean, if you've been married more than three months, you know this. Marriage is hard. It's not the easiest thing in the world. It's not, it's not the, you know, the vision we have of it when we're growing up and maybe, you know, when we're engaged. It's, marriage is hard, which I think is weird, and it kind of shocks you because dating and even being engaged, that can be fun, right? That's exciting. Everything's new. You just, you can't wait to, to see that person again. You just can't wait to be around. Like, oh, I just can't wait to spend my entire life with you. Every waking moment, I want to be with you. And then it gets hard when it doesn't, that's weird. I mean, when you're dating, sometimes you even enjoy getting to know the other person's family. That's weird. That, for some reason, that doesn't always carry over. In my, in my case, it totally carried over. And I love my in-laws, and I'm going to say that on film, that they know that. Happy Mother's Day, Lee. You're awesome. Rod, you're cool too. But I think probably the most fun thing about dating and being engaged is you know, when things start, kind of start getting serious and you're able to kind of see yourself with that person forever, right? This is, this is your one. And so now you're kind of free to start dreaming. Think, oh, this is what, you know, this, this is what life's going to be like. You know, we're going we're gonna to have 2.5 kids. We're going to have the white picket fence. We're going to have that two-story house in the perfect neighborhood. They're going to go to the perfect school. We're gonna, you're going to coach their t-ball games. It's going to be, it's just going to be so, so wonderful, right? And I think this dreaming is so easy to do because I think we do it even before we even meet the one. Something we kind of start doing early on in life, start dreaming about that perfect person. I don't, that's kind of what I did, right? I had this, this kind of mental list of the perfect wife I was going to have. I probably started this list when I was 18. She was going to be rich. She was going to be an orphan. I know that sounds sad, but I wanted to spend all the holidays with my family. <laughs> See? There's the reason for it. And that, maybe that's how she got rich. So, it works. So she's rich, she is always around my family, and accent was a plus, right? I thought, oh, that'd be fun. And then, of course, she thought I was totally awesome, right? Now, I got, I got two out of the four in my wife because she says, she always brings up the accent thing, like, honey, you have a beautiful American accent. It's wonderful. I love it. And she thinks I'm pretty awesome. And, oh, I also forgot that uh, she would... Some of my hopes and dreams for my future wife would be that she would take care of the food, right? I wouldn't have to worry about food or dishes. She would take care of the kids. She'd take care of the house. She would pay the bills. She would make all the phone calls to places because I don't want to do that. She would, she would even take care of all the insurance stuff we'd have to deal with. Basically, anything I didn't want to do. That's what I hoped my wife would be. It's, you know what's funny is I never daydreamed about being the perfect person for somebody else. Isn't that weird we don't do that? <laughs> we always daydream about the person being perfect for us, but never like, oh, you know, I better start really studying or saving so I can be the perfect, the perfect husband or perfect wife. For the, No, you're just like, what are they going to do for me, right? What's life going to be like for me? We just assume that, you know, oh, we'll be fine, but I got to dream about my perfect person. You know, it's almost like we all have this invisible bag, this invisible bag that we carry with us full of hopes and dreams, especially for our future, especially for our relationships, 
right? And in this bag, we have all kinds of things that we hope for, things that we dream about, what life will be like, right? We, we dream about kids. What are our kids, are the eyes open because it's creepy when they're closed? We dream about having, you know, the perfect kids and when, exactly when that'll happen, when we'll plan that out, you know, after, after two and a half years of marriage, I think we'll know each other enough to, to have kids. Um, you know, we say, hey, you know, we'll know what house, we'll have a nice house, we'll, we'll rent first, but then we'll save up enough and, and we'll buy, okay, and we, we hope for that. We, uh, we hope for how much money we'll have and we'll have the perfect job and everything will go great and it'll go smoothly and... <laughs> <laughs> and we know what, you know, what kind of pets we're going to have. We know that we're a dog person, not a cat person. And we'll have two dogs, and they'll be best friends, and our kids will play with them, and they won't, like, lick them when they're babies on the face, which happens all the time. Just get ready for it if you're about to have kids and you have a dog. Um, you know, you would, you would know, you, you dream about, you know, are they going to be Sith or Jedi, <laughs> Right? because you know the right answer. Uh, you dream about, you know, oh, you know, once, once we have the kids, then I'll be able to get my sports car, I'll get the perfect car, I'll get the minivan. I don't know anybody who dreams about having a minivan, but they're super handy. Still a little upset about mine getting totaled, but you dream about your car. And then, of course, you know, you dream about, you know, what, what sports team they're actually going to follow and what family you'll be, right? I'm not, hey, I'm not pledging allegiance to anything here. Okay, I'm totally neutral, but my son came home from kindergarten one day and told us that we are a Beavers family. And so, we're now a Beavers family. That's what I was told. And you know, we all have this bag of invisible hopes and dreams, and we don't always know exactly what's, sometimes we don't even know what's in our bag, right? We, we have these hopes, we have these dreams that we carry around, and we're dating, and we're saying, okay, who's going to fulfill these hopes and dreams? And we carry them around with us, and we, we look at our notes and make sure we're on the right page. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with hopes and dreams, right? They're good to have. It's just part of being a human and being able to think about the future and, and have a preferred future. See, things get bumpy with these when we get married. Things get difficult when we bring our hopes and dreams to a marriage because we both have a bag. We both have a bag full of different hopes and dreams. And we carry these into our marriage, and then we hand them off and say, here you go, fulfill these, honey. Make my hopes and dreams come true. Here's my bag. You carry this. And we, we strap it on them, and we tie them down with them. And the thing is, the moment we do that, the moment we hand off that bag and say, fulfill these for me, they're no longer hopes and dreams, are they? They become expectations. And those expectations, you know what expectations really are? I call them, they're supposed to's. Expectations are supposed to's. See, we all have a perfect supposed to marriage in our minds. We all have a perfect supposed to Marriage. Even if you've been married for 30 years, you still, in your mind, have a perfect supposed to marriage. The way we think things are supposed to go. What a great marriage is supposed to look like, whether that's your marriage or not. You know, things that someone who loves us is supposed to do to make us feel loved. 
the ways we are supposed to show affection, the ways we are supposed to communicate. But see, the problem is when, when these hopes and dreams become supposed to expectations, that marriage you hoped for, that marriage you dreamed about, it becomes unattainable. Why? Because expectations erode intimacy. Expectations erode intimacy. And every guy is like, what, intimacy? Just perked up. And that's not what I'm talking about. Okay? Intimacy is this. Being fully known and fully knowing the other person. Being fully accepted and fully accepting because you fully know each other. Uncondition- you're unconditionally loved and you offer unconditional love. That's intimacy, and expectations erode that. Because if you have expectations of how somebody is supposed to act in your relationship, and they don't live up to it, then to you, whether you've told them this or not, to you that means, well, they don't really love you as much as you thought, or they don't really love you as much as you love them, and now you're kind of guarded. You're upset when they don't fulfill that expectation that maybe they don't even know exists. Now, if you have an expectation of somebody and they do live up to it, well, then in your mind, it's just like dilly-dilly for them, right? They are just doing what they're supposed to do. No extra points. They're just doing what they're supposed to do. Oh, yeah, that's, well, that's, what I, that's what's expected of them, right? There's no, there's no way to go the extra mile. There's no way to... to go above and beyond because, well, well, yeah, they love me, and that's what people who love me do. See, expectations make your relationship a debt contract. If you have expectations in your relationship, it then becomes a debt contract. They owe you what you think they are supposed to do. They are in debt to you. They are supposed to pay back that debt. They owe you that. And every time they get it right, they're not making this huge gesture. Every time they get their, your expectations right, it's like they're paying their minimum balance. Well, yeah, of course, you're supposed to pay your minimum balance, right? Because that's what they're supposed to do. And if they don't get it right, well, then it's like they're, they skipped a payment, and then the debt collector comes for them. And however you handle that is with a debt collector, right? Anger, sadness, crying, some type of controlling. We talked about that last week. And you can never have true intimacy where you are known and fully loved and it's reciprocal if you constantly feel like you owe somebody something. If you constantly feel like somebody owes you something, there's always that debt contract in between you guys. And it's this debt and debtor relationship that causes so much frustration, so much anger, so much heartache in marriages. Both partners have, like I said, have these expectations that they think are supposed to be met. And we hand them off, and we assume, well, what's, what's in their bag is what's in my bag. And so we operate out of what's in our bag, not having any clue what's in their bag. And do we ever talk about it? Probably not. We just know what they are supposed to do. And then we get upset, and we fight over and over and over, and we don't even know why. Why are we fighting about this? Why are we fighting about this? Why does it just feel like we can't get along? Because you're trying to pay your debt. So how to ruin your marriage this week? Expect that your expectations are supposed to be met. 
You want to ruin your marriage? Here's a tip. Expect that your expectations are supposed to be met. So what do we do? What do we do with that? Well, there's a few options. Right? We could leave, take our bag. You're not fulfilling these. Take our bag and give it to somebody else. Guess what? They have a bag too. You can't outrun your bag. And everybody has a bag. Running away is not going to solve it. You're just going to get a whole new bag with whole new things that you didn't know existed. So you could leave. You could fight for your own way. That's a joyful time, right? Always fighting for, you know, no, I want this. No, I want that. That's basically what I live with with my young children who are six, four, and three. That could be your life. You know, you could just give up. Just let them, let their bag be the, be the bag that is the family bag. I don't know how many times I'm going to say bag, but it's going to be a lot. <laughs> and you just give up, and you, you give in, and you kind of lose yourself. And when you do that, here's the problem. You lose respect for yourself, and the partner loses respect for the person who gave up because they're not being themselves, the, one, the person they thought they married, right? So you become resentful and bitter. You could compromise, Right? Well, that sounds like the right answer, John. It's not. Because if you compromise, it's like, oh, you know, let's agree to disagree about our bags. You're never really going to be happy. And you're going to end up having the same fight at least two or three times a year. And it'll get, it'll get better after a week or two. And then, you know, okay, we can ignore that part of the bag. And then it comes up again. Right? And then there's another holiday. And expectations aren't met for that holiday. And it, you start, you start um, fearing and hating holidays coming because you know you're going to have some bag issues, right? So there's that option, but there's another option, which you knew I was getting to. There's the Jesus option. It isn't easy, but it can change your life. It actually is insanely simple, the option that we're going to talk about tonight. But it doesn't totally make sense. But if you apply it, it can improve every relationship you have, not just your marriage. And it works. Whether you're a Jesus follower or not, I think the principle we're going to learn tonight can work in any relationship that you have. And it's an idea that the Apostle Paul actually talks about in his letter to a group of Jesus followers in ancient Rome. He wrote this letter around 56 AD. We call it the Book of Romans, but it's a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to Jesus followers in Rome. And we're going to look at this one little passage in this pretty massive book called Romans. It's going to be Romans 13:8. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If not, it'll be on the screen for you. You just follow along. But the Apostle Paul, we, he's, we first find him in history hating Christians. He took it on himself to end Christianity. He said, you know what, God? I am a devout Jew, and these Christians are just totally doing this this polytheistic thing calling Jesus God, I am going to end this for you. You're welcome, God. And then he meets the risen Jesus. He does a complete 180. In fact, he is the, the one-man show for starting all these churches in the ancient Middle East. And so what he's doing is writing this, book of, this letter to ancient Jesus followers in Rome. And it really is his masterpiece. Most theologians call Romans Paul's masterpiece. And it's just this long in-depth look at the meaning of Jesus, why he came, what that means for mankind, and really how God loves humanity. 
But this one little verse we're going to look at, Romans 13, 8, I think holds the key to how we can eliminate expectations in our marriages and relationships. And so let me give you a little bit, a little bit of background on what he's talking about. Paul actually, in the passages before what we're going to read, he's talking about submitting to government authority, right? Something that American Christians love to do, submit to a government authority, right? If you're like, oh yeah, you should read Romans. You might be a little convicted. Okay, and then he, he moves on from that to talk about paying taxes and how you should pay taxes. Again, you should read Romans. I think it might be eye-opening for some of us. And then he goes to talking basically about paying everyone what you owe them. And then he takes this idea about debt and owing and submitting, and he applies it to love. So let's see what Paul says in Romans 13, 8. He says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. He says, hey, pay back what you owe. Right? Don't, don't be a deadbeat. Don't borrow money or borrow something and never pay it back. So he, he gets practical. And then he says, but the real debt we all have is a debt we can never fully pay off. It's a continuing debt. It goes on and on and on. And we aren't meant to actually be able to pay off this debt. And that debt is love. Love. Not, you know, ooh, I just love you, and so I'm going to give you flowers every day. That's not what Paul's talking about. Right? Love. Giving all of me for all of you. Giving all of me for all of you. In the, in the Greek, there's different versions, there's different words for different types of love, right? There's, there's brotherly love, there's friendly love. The love that Paul's talking about here is agape love. God's love. Love that it, its source is God. It's not sentimental. It's gritty. It's strong. It's a choice to let God love others through you with his love. It's not easy love. It's difficult. And it's always shown not by what I'm meant to do, not by, you know, being like, oh, well, I feel really good about you. This type of love is always shown by what it does. This is action. This is an action word. And Paul says that type of love, when you pay that type of love, when you pay off that debt or you try to pay off that debt of love, it fulfills every one of God's commands. So that's why Jesus said, a new command I give you. This one command is what you need to follow. Love each other as I have loved you. If you go back through all the, 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 the Jewish scripture commands where God brought the Israelites together and said, these are my commands, all the hundreds and hundreds of them. If you boil them all down, it's love. It's love. There's no loopholes with this type of love. There's no like, well, I, I, did, I did what I was supposed to do. No. This is an all-in type of love. And love, when we live, love with this type of love, there's no checklist. There's no expectations. There's only one question. In this situation, what does love look like? Yeah, but she... In this situation, for you, what does love look like? Yeah, but last time... What does love look like? look like? That's the question. Love, this type of love, is what we owe everyone, is what Paul is saying. We have a debt to love each other. 
It's a debt of love. And it's not a debt that we force on others. It's one-sided. It's a debt we accept for ourselves. Not a, and it's not a debt to, like, their whims, right? Well, I feel like this, and now you have to do it, right? You just, it's always changing. Or, you know, maybe it's not a debt to being under their control, and we talked about that last week. It's a debt to actually choose to love, do what is best for them. It's a debt to love them as you love yourself, to love them as Jesus loved you and gave his life up for you. And it's a love that cancels debt. This type of love cancels debt. See, with this type of love, you don't enforce any supposed to's. All of the supposed to's that you worry about is that you are supposed to love them. That's the supposed to that you worry about. You are supposed to love them with all that you are. See, does, does love fight for its own wants? No. Its own preferences? That's not love. Its own supposed to's? Yeah, but you're supposed to, no. But husbands are supposed to... What are you supposed to do? See, love cancels debt, and love accepts that you owe everything. You owe everything. See, I told you it doesn't make perfect sense, but it works because it's true. Love says, you don't owe me anything, but I owe you everything. Could you imagine a marriage like that? where both of you say, you don't owe me anything, but I owe you everything. You have a debt to them. That's what you worry about. In your thinking, the only supposed to in your relationship is that you are supposed to always ask, what does love look like? That's your supposed to. Always ask, what does, it's not a feeling. It's not a, you know, today I feel like, no. Especially when you don't feel like it. You are supposed to ask, what does love look like? What would I actually be doing to love them? And then you let them worry about their debt to you. I know it's counterintuitive. I know it's scary. But it's the route to a great marriage. And if you want a great marriage, you have to cut off the bag. You have to take a, take a metaphorical knife and cut the bag off of your spouse. Stop making them owe you anything and accept that you owe them everything. Now, here's the fun part. If you're a Jesus follower, you have to go first. You have to cut the bag off First, here's what Paul says in Ephesians 5.21. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. He's talking to Jesus-following married people. He's talking about marriage and relationships, and he's actually talking about families. He's talking about business relationships. He's talking to Christians in their relationships with other people. He says, in those relationships, every relationship you have, submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. Giving up all of me for what benefits you the most. That's submission. 
See, Christian marriage is supposed to be a submission competition. Who can submit the most? You get to have competition in marriage. It's fun. Who can submit the most? Who's going to go first? But if you are a Jesus follower, here's the thing. You, you get that hard first step. You have to go first. But you also have a huge advantage if you're willing to use it. See, earlier in this passage, Paul talks about choosing to be filled or choosing to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Being filled by the Holy Spirit, allowing yourself, if you are a Jesus follower, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like, like a glove is filled with a hand, right? You don't move, the glove doesn't do any good. A work glove doesn't do any good if it's not filled with a hand, right? It gives, gives the glove power, gives the, gives the glove usefulness. That's a Christian being filled with the Holy Spirit, being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Ever, have you ever gone uh, floating down a river and just maybe lifted up the oars and let the river take you? That's being controlled by the Holy Spirit. You lift up your oars. You stop trying so hard. You stop doing what you think is in the bag, and you rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a choice. It's not just like this mystical feeling. You say, no, I choose to allow the Holy Spirit, to allow God to work through me, to love through me. You can't try to force it. I mean, you can try to force it. Right? You, so you have two options. You can try to force it, or... You can choose to be filled and rely on him. Well, how do I get filled? How do I, how do I, it's not this mystical thing. It's not you speaking in a new language and rolling on the floor. saying, God, fill me with your spirit. What does love look like? I know it looks like that. I don't want to do that. Help me do it anyway. Give me just an ounce of want to. And he'll fill you. And he'll give you that ounce of want to, which will turn into a gallon, which will turn into a huge Olympic-sized swimming pool of want to if you allow that ounce to happen. Yeah, but John, you know, that's, that's nice. You know, I don't get to ask you questions because you have the microphone and that's cool, but what if I go first? I go first, I cut off their bag, but I'm left holding their bag. No, I went first, I did what I was, what I was supposed to do. What if it's not reciprocal? Well, let me remind you what we talked about last week if you were here. If you weren't, you can watch it online. But here's what, here's what Peter said, one of Jesus' followers. He said, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. So he's saying, cut off the bag. It's not about your bag. Be humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. You're not being walked on. You're being taken care of by God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The God of the universe who made the stars, the moon, the circulatory system that is keeping you alive right now cares for you individually. Yeah, but what if I'm left holding the bag? God cares for you. what do you need to worry about? But it might be hard. It might be. But love is always hard. That type of love, and it's worth it. It'll change your life. And you can stop looking to your partner to fulfill your expectations. You can let go of your expectations, and you can trust God. And he'll fill your bag with better realities than your unfulfilled hopes and dreams would have ever done. So how do we do that? What does that look like? I'm so glad you asked. I have a three-step program for you. 
So what does that look like? Three ways to supposed to proof your marriage. The first step is open your bag. What's in it? What have you put in your bag? What's in my bag? Ask yourself, what's in my bag? If you've got the guts, when you're ready, don't force this out of them. When you're ready, ask your spouse, what do you think's in my bag? What am I expecting of you that maybe I'm not even aware of? That maybe it's one of the reasons we fight? And they're gonna, they might say something. And you know what you're going to want to do? Fight, because that's what you always do when they bring it up. You ask the question. Just listen. Don't fight. Just listen. What's in your bag? What have you put on your partner that they think they owe you, that you think they owe you? What do you think they owe you? So open your bag. Look inside. Ask some good questions. What do you think they owe you? And when you actually figure out what you think they owe you, cancel their debt. Cancel their debt. Actually, I mean, do this. I know it can be uncomfortable, but look them in the eye for like an extended amount of time without any ulterior motives, guys. Look them in the eye and say, you don't owe me anything. You don't owe me anything. Tell them they are off your hook. You are cutting the bag off. If they don't meet your expectation, that's not on them, that's on you because it's your expectation. They don't have to bow to those anymore. They don't have to be worried that you are going to explode if you, if, if you step wrong in their expectation bag. Let them off the hook. Cancel their debt and then follow through with it. Don't just say it. Remind yourself of it. What does love look like? Canceling their debt. Take off all of their supposed tos, cancel their debt, and then pay what you owe. Pay what you owe. Accept your debt of love. They owe you nothing. You owe them everything. Does that make sense? Not totally, but it works. And you only have to worry about you. They don't owe you anything. You owe them everything. In every situation, you ask, what does love look like? And if you're a Jesus follower, you choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit to have that want to, to love. Not just sentimental love, not just like, oh, I'll do something good, but actually loving them more than you love yourself. Loving their preferences more than you love your preferences. Putting them before you. It doesn't make perfect sense. But when you go first, and you cancel your debt of expectations, you get more than you could have ever hoped for. I mean, think about it. What if your spouse knew there were no expectations on them? There was nothing they had to do or were supposed to do. Yeah, but then he would trust God. What if, he, what if every act of kindness wasn't something he was supposed to do? wasn't something that you expected her to do. Every act of kindness, every loving gesture would actually come from their own free will. Like, well, yeah, they expect that on their birthday. No, what if it was something you did on your own, not because you were afraid they'd get mad or disappointed, not out of compulsion, not out of fear of your wrath or disappointment. What if your family, just the, the people living in your house, were free of arbitrary supposed to's, 
What if in, your, in, in the family you grew up to, you were free of those expectations that were placed on you? And everyone was accepted and appreciated for exactly who they are and how they were made. The exact personality that God gave them. What if every marriage in your extended family, you know those, those couples that you're thinking of right now that you wish they could have heard this, but you're not supposed to think that, but you feel bad about it anyway? What if all of them were paying each other their debt of love? Would that change their relationship? They, if they turned to each other and said, you don't owe me anything, I owe you everything, it would change their relationship, wouldn't it? They're not here, you are. It'll change your relationship. What if you could love your spouse and be loved in the way you truly hope and dream for? It can happen. It can. This can be your marriage. Because a great marriage expects nothing and owes everything. A great marriage expects nothing but owes all that they are. Owes them everything. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that this isn't just something you tell us to do that we're supposed to do, but it's something that you've, you've shown us. You've gone first. You died for us when we didn't deserve it. You said, you don't owe me anything. I paid that debt. Thank you for going first. Thank you for showing us what true agape, unconditional love is. Give us the courage to go first. Give us the courage to cancel the debts in our lives, to cancel our expectations, and to trust you and to just pay our debt of love. Help us worry about our debt. Give us the courage and give us the strength. Fill us with your spirit to love like you love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here. Next week, we will finish this series. I'm not going to tell you what it's about. It's a mystery. It's about forgiveness. We'll talk about it. But thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a great week, and happy Mother's Day. Please do not forget to get your gift on the way out. See you later.